Pattern recognition is so vital to us right now. Taken as a standalone thing, Fauci being wrong about the infection rate of the COVID flu, it's a mistake. Taken as a piece of a greater whole, it was a tactic. Because the piece of the greater whole is the fraudulent PCR tests, the suppression of early treatment, the lies that masks work, the lies about the lockdown, the refusal to state that some people are at greater risk from COVID than others, the refusal to talk about very simple things like vitamin D. When you put that together as a pastiche, it becomes very clear like standing back from a painting and seeing the whole picture. Likewise, the speech that the figurehead was told to read in front of a background that I wouldn't be surprised to learn he had no idea there was red behind him. Really. Taken as a standalone piece, it's a, a work of political theater by a jaded and lifelong grifting senile old man who's being run around by leftist radicals. But put together in the whole picture, it's a coming out speech. That was a satanic speech. Joe Biden doesn't know he's satanic, but Joe Biden is satanic. That was a satanic speech. And just as radical as I seemed when almost a decade ago, I started to say, you do know that they're putting on a push to chemically and surgically trans as many kids as possible, don't you? Just as that seemed radical, just as eight or nine years ago, when I began to say, you, you guys understand, we're in a cold civil war. We get that, right? Or just as when I said, you really think that the smart meters in your house aren't designed for the government to take control of your home temperature? Just as all those things are becoming clear, I pray on my knees it will become clear that the leftist portion of the party is going to normalize Satan worship. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Partner of the week, none other than my friend Alan from Alan's Artisan Soaps. He's out of surgery, guys. He had a bit of a scare. His body, um, his heart stopped beating for a couple minutes, but he walked off the airplane. 12 years of age, spinal surgery walked off the airplane <laughs> and this, if i know alan and i do he's getting back to work at alan's artisan soaps it's alansoaps.com 12 years old and helps run a soap company despite the fact that he can't form sentences god is good all the time god is good yeah, let's keep that in mind as we go through this i understand that that was a very heavy um show tease but this is a very heavy topic. And I prayed a lot about, am I really going to say what I'm going to say on the show? 
And then I started to see some other people making the same observations. About six months ago, I started to notice the work of a guy named Chris Bray and spoke about him quite a bit on the show and then was thrilled to see that uh, Tucker Carlson's people also noticed him and gave him a hit on the Tucker Carlson show. Chris Bray sees the same thing I see. The speech that the figurehead was caused to give, taken as a standalone item in politics, is, is quote, just a Nazi-esque, othering, scapegoating, name the enemy, isolate it, cut it off from its support base, Alinsky-type, Mao-type speech that predates a civil war. That, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the kind view of this. The, the further way to view this, if one wants to have, think the best of others, is Joe Biden is a senile man who will read whatever's put in front of him. And that's true. Joe Biden will read whatever puts, is put in front of him, whether or not he understands it. And that Joe Biden didn't know that the background was red. And that's possible, by the way, the way the lighting was done. I, I contend he probably has no idea. That's the kindest way to view this, that a bunch of leftist radicals run Joe Biden. You know, Barack Obama pretty clearly runs Joe Biden. They continue to install Biden or pardon me, Obama people around Biden who continue to run him around. So that's, believe it or not, that's the kind view. But we need to look at things in the whole picture. This is a Democrat party, and it was almost a decade ago that they tried to ban the word God from their convention. Do you remember this? And yeah, they took three votes. And regular readers of the Bible understand the significance of the number three. They took three votes on whether to strike God from their platform. That's a decade ago. The State Department spends money to promote atheism, your money. And they color it as, oh, well, this is just, this is religious freedom. Okay. Barack Obama made it his mission in life to force you to pay for abortions. Do you remember that in Obamacare, they put in a $1 tax for abortion to force you to participate in it? And Obama said at the time, this would end that stale debate. Fast forward. There is an industrial scale industry that mutilates the bodies of little children sexually or teens. It's industrial level. It's based on the lie that they're neither male nor female. That's directly against the word of God. There is an industrial level effort to negate the commandments on which all others hang. Love God with all your heart and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. And on those two, all the others hang. Well, they're insisting that God doesn't exist at the same time as they're normalizing Satan and, and, and Satan worship. And I'll get to that. I'm, and it's not just, it's not just, Biden, there's other members of the party that are doing this. At the same time that as they accuse Republicans of hating 
because we don't want kids sexually mutilated. They're teaching hate in the classroom. Critical race theory is hate. It is to hate the other. Mega Republican is another way of saying white male. It's another way of convincing people that all the ills are on that one group. And taken as a pastiche into which you add the sexualization of children. In what I, I, I view as purely satanic realms of very confused, very, very sick men who are aroused by people believing they're women dancing sexually in front of children as very confused parents who cannot see the truth because they do not walk in the light are encouraging their 11 year old boys who think they're girls to stuff dollar bills into the bras of men pretending to be women. There is no truth in any of that. I mean, it happened, but it's sexual arousal being programmed into little kids based upon a figment of their imagination. And it is little kids cooperating in the psychosis of grown, sexually maladapted, um, crazy people who themselves are, are locked into evil. Taken as a piece of a greater whole, the Biden speech was satanic. It celebrated this this old man and his very ill family. And I'm aware that, that one can have great love and be terrific parents and have kids go off the rail. God himself is a pretty good parent, in, in, you know, on, on flawed. And Adam and Eve went off the rail. But the patterns with the Biden family are so utterly grotesque and ignored that it's difficult not to add this to the pastiche. The pastiche includes the party seizing your bodies despite all the data that points to these injections killing people and continuing to destroy people's ability to have babies. All the data. The Singapore data is breathtaking. And we'll get to that later this week, but it proves that these injections destroy the ability of people to reproduce at a very, very high percentage. And in Singapore, if you didn't take the injections, they might just kill you because they will kill you for spitting on a street or, well, they'll kill you for stealing. They'll cane you for spitting on a street. They get compliance because they're an evil government that will perform violence upon you for, for slight infractions. And they'll kill you for what up here you get a ticket for. Taken as a whole... This was a coming out party. The, the people who put the red background behind Biden can be historically inept and therefore not understand the significance of those colors, except not everybody on the team is historically inept. The Holocaust Museum is about a, depending on how fast you walk, what is it? Probably, it's probably a 15, maybe 20 minute walk from the White House. If that, 
they could go see what this stuff looked like in color. Since most people saw the, the World War II era stuff in black and white, you can go see this stuff in color. Colorized in, in actual pictures or actual fabric. So not everybody on the team is historically inept. They could do this for scare effect because, you know, they're trying this dark Brandon thing. They're trying to make Biden the, uh, they're trying to make him like an anti-hero, dark Brandon. Dark. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. It was a coming out speech. Biden doesn't know that. I don't know how many people on the team know that. But it's very important to note the pastiche. This is a brand new TV show from the family-friendly people at the Walt Disney Company. This isn't a parody. Uh, I want to credit Newsbusters for bringing this out and alerting me to its existence. Walt Disney Company has released a, a new, it's oh, it's wacky. Danny DeVito's in it. He's a big star. He's very, very important. This follows the, uh, the coming of age of a little girl. And she learns some things about herself. Um, this is a cartoon with some pagan rituals and witchcraft, blood and gore. Oh, and some nudity. Got to have the nudity. Um, I'll just play this for you and just remember to take this as part of the pastiche with the background of this being the speech that Joe Biden was caused to give in front of a hellscape background. Who's that girl? Those shoes should come with a content warning. What a waste. Ah! New girl. Say hi to the world. She just destroyed them with a look. The sky over a local junior high has torn open. Mom, get in. There's no more putting this off. Your dad is the devil and you're the antichrist. I'm supposed to accept that you had sex with Satan or anyone? Ah. Please allow me to introduce myself. Come to your father, Damien. Oh, you're a girl. The future is female. Where have you been my whole life? The metaphysical realm. It's not hell, but it's got the essentials. Hey, everybody. This is my daughter. Kiss her ass or I'll slaughter your children. Proud of you. When we dated, were you inside someone's corpse? And you had an unfinished dolphin tattoo. Don't be a snob. She says I lied to protect you. She sounds like a bitch. That's what I said. Look at me. I'm bad grandma. A little, little What do you make of this thing? Biblical or the media? I like things the way they were. Get your hands off my daughter. Our daughter. Oh, great. My parents are here. I'm a chicken now. This party just got lame. If my parents ever show up to a party, murder me. charming program is called little demon and i didn't warn you about the curse words did i because i wanted you to get them the way i got them that's disney oh don't worry it's not for kids it's not for kids disney wants you to know that it's for grown-ups because kids won't watch it taken as a pastiche 
with all the events being perpetrated by the party, and to be fair to the um, the lay down and let the world do to it what they will, Republicans, the compliant, grifting Mitch McConnell, who refuses to talk about this stuff, he's playing his role of letting it roll over him while he argues for some slightly larger tax cuts. It is the leftist portion of the party that's pushing this stuff. That's their job. And as I see it, it's the job of shiny shoe Republicans to be afraid to talk about it, just as they were 10 years ago. Just, just as I'm certain there are people in the media business who hear me talking about this because they subscribe to the podcast and they know I'm right. Because they read the Bible. And they know it's not me. Uh, they know that the Lord warned us about this moment. Am I saying it's the end times? I'm not qualified to say that. No one knows the end times. No one knows when Jesus returns. No one. If anyone ever tells you that they do, you can know that they're lying because the Bible says no one knows the time. But around the country, satanic clubs are being welcomed into schools because, well, you got to let them in because, of course, religious freedom. Right. Or you could just say, hey, we're not going to have any religious official clubs at school. Well, but then that means kids can't pray. No, it doesn't. Pray. No, it doesn't. An official club is one thing. A child deciding to bring a Bible to school and pray on their own is another. Just like a football coach deciding to pray on his own is another. A football coach is not a school. So notice that they'll fight against that, but they won't fight against, oh, we have to let them in. Chris Bray, writing on this topic, calls out an author named Walter Kim. He writes about the Biden speech and about this satanic cartoon. He's referencing the culture at large. Really, he's not referencing these two things, the culture at large. This is very important to understand, he writes. I wrote a book about it based on personal experience. It's not that sociopaths and psychopaths believe the lies are true. It is that they don't believe in truth at all. They believe only in useful and convincing performances. They believe only in useful and convincing performances. And now America must choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past, to be a nation of hope and unity and optimism or a nation of fear division and of darkness. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together, together we can choose a different path. We can choose a better path forward to the future. A future of possibility, a future to build and dream and hope. And we're on that path moving ahead. And now, none of it puts us on a path to anything other than the pure embrace of evil. The statement he makes there itself contains self-contradictions. He cannot deliver a, lie, a, a, a line of truth. This man has been rendered incapable of delivering a line of truth. Satan is a liar, a thief, and a murderer. And this country is being rewarded for seeking human kings. 
in my judgment. I want to go back through that statement, and I don't really care to play much else from the speech the figurehead was caused to give, told to give. One might say forced to give. I want to go back through that, but I want to quote something else from this piece that's a great piece Chris Bray wrote. I mean, his writing is the selling point. I'm referencing things he links to in his article, but his writing is just so unbelievably powerful. He quotes an essay from Dr. Robert Yoho. Guess who passes the psychopath test? Quote, psychopathic lying is successful because normal people do not believe that anyone lies as a routine. Debates with sociopaths are useless. No matter what we say, no matter how much evidence is given, it has no meaning for them. Their sole goal is to fool us into classifying them as normal so they can continue to deceive, control, and use us. When major positions of power in business, government, industry, and society are filled by sociopaths, a downward spiral begins. The normal people eventually recognize what their leaders are, and device survival begins. Where are we? Um, I'm not joking when I call Tony Fauci a psychopath or Bill Gates a psychopath. I don't feel like I'm reaching. I don't feel like I'm name calling. I'm describing the, the, the characteristics of people who live in a lie. And it doesn't matter how often they're caught lying. They will simply go on to the next lie. I, I don't feel like this is a stretch in any way, shape, matter, idea, faction, or form. So let's go back through that statement. Let's continue to look at the pastiche. This was a coming out speech. Because people who only care for power, why wouldn't they normalize Satan worship? Why wouldn't they? It's the ultimate wedge issue. At least we've got the good, strong Christian Republicans. Let's talk about that too. Man, in this time, uh, it is, wow. I mean, can I describe a riskier time? Honestly, I don't think I can. There is a world of hurt coming financially. And it is best now to get in a place of the wisest possible counsel. Now, the wisest possible counsel is the word of God, but in a human sense, to get to people who view stewarding your money as just that, stewarding it. <laughs> At big firms, if there are people still saying, it's all good. There's no big shortage coming in, in the supply chain. Now we got it worked out. Nope. The contraction in the housing business that is leading to great big companies in housing having to downsize by oh, 70%. No, don't worry about that. Uh, the inflation and the effect on people's social security, don't sweat that. The European energy, and this is a crisis. D don't worry about that. These people are not living in the truth. They maybe, maybe they can't see it. Zach Abraham, the chief investment officer of Bulwark Capital Management, has, has seen this truth. His firm is constructed around these truths. His firm hinges upon the hinge point of risk management. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he loves adding to people's wealth. He does. Jazzism. His whole firm, his analysts, his financial advisors, his quants. They love that. 
but it doesn't work unless risk management's at the center of it, along with the stewardship of monies. So it's bulwark capital management, and they've been telling the truth for going on a decade. Call them at 866-779-RISK. And listen, if you are five to 10 years out from retirement, do it now. Like pause the, literally put pause on the cast and call Bulwark at 866-779-RISK. I guess you could go to knowyourriskradio.com as you listen, and they'll get in touch with you. 866-779-RISK. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. We'll get back into uh, the Biden statement here, but let's just, let's, let's realize something. Um, this is some of the response from the left. This is Eugene Robinson at MSNBC. Biden's speech was an urgent wartime address. Joe Scarborough has asked the president, as he calls Biden president, that was a wartime address, sir. What are the next steps? There are so-called journalists asking the spokeslayer in the White House, okay, so, but what, what policies are you going to put in place to fight mega Republicans? A made-up phrase, like transgenderism is made up, like whiteness is made up, like white privilege is made up. None of them mean anything except in the eye of the speaker or the inventor. See, Satanism doesn't necessarily mean that you're dancing around a fire sacrificing babies. Oh, wait, they are sacrificing babies, but maybe not while they dance around fires. It means opposed to God. Yes, yes, there will come an era, and I honestly believe that these people are more than willing to say, hey, why don't we become the satanic party? What's, what's the harm? Let, let the, the Republicans have the Christian thing. We'll become the satanic party. They'll be the Christian party. And why would these people not normalize Satanism? Tell me the part of Satanism they disagree with. Tell me. They're a post-truth party. And post-truth, this is a real thing. Right? Critical thinking is the enemy of the postmodern thinker. Postmodernists believe there is no core truth except for the fact that there's no core truth. It is self-contradicting. It is therefore a philosophy of lies that lies to itself. And postmodernism, of course, believes there can be no God. We are our own gods. Again, self-contradicting, but it doesn't matter because postmodernism is the belief of the psychopath. Truth is whatever power I have. Now it's true, right? See that? You're going to say it's true because I've got a gun to your head. So Eugene Robinson calls it an address, a wartime address. Wartime against his countrymen. Joe Joe Scarborough concurs. So I mentioned the, you know, brave stand-up rock-ribbed, tall as an oak, Christian conservative Republicans in Washington, D.C. At least on their shoulders, we can stand above the fray. And yet they won't mention the name of God. Many of them, I'm convinced, haven't taken the knee to the Lord Lord Jesus Christ. More disconcerting is they put the veneer on. This is my nightmare. This is why we've been talking about the biblical worldview study so often. 
Satan loves fake Christianity. He loves the Christianity of morally therapeutic deism. That means I've constructed a God in my mind that makes me feel good. Okay, so look, all right, so I cheat on my wife. Well, you know what? This is who I am, and I've taken it to God, and he's okay with it. It's not what the Bible says. Yeah, sure, I lie to cheat on my taxes, but the government's evil, and it's okay. That's not what the Bible says. Yes, yes, um, I am a same-sex attracted person actively having sex, and my God has come to me and says, it's okay. That's not what the Bible says. And Republicans have nothing in common, and I'm talking about institutional Republicans, they have nothing in common with actual biblical Christianity. N- not not, not in, in the largest part. So in one sense, at least they're sort of kind of cheering for their team, the right team, God's team, the team of Christ Jesus. On the other hand, they're not really cheering for the actual Jesus Christ. But at least it opens people's hearts to it. Remember this about the left. They decided to be the party of of the so-called BIPOC people because they did math. They simply looked at math. They don't care about racism. They simply looked at the math. And they said, okay, so this is going to be a white minority country one day. Let's hate white people. We're all white, but let's, let's pretend to hate white people. Because the, the lie will get us power. It's the psychopath. Well, tell me the difference functionally between psychopaths and Satanists. There isn't one. Now, and a professed Satanist, you know, sits and worships this fallen angel. Satan himself doesn't care if you worship him on earth, he will control you in the end. So he may even prefer people who are just simply sociopathic or psychopathic. And the Republicans, well, it's counterfeit Christianity, but at least they kind of maybe say his name, maybe. What Biden speaks here is cause to speak begins with self-contradiction again. This is the hallmark of of the philosophy of lies spoken by a liar. And now America must choose to move forward or to move backwards. Okay, so move forward or backwards. You are reinstalling an an aristocracy. You are bringing back choo-choo trains in lieu of us being able to move ourselves around. You have put back in place that the power base controls people's bodies. You have reinstalled bodily slavery. It puts the shot under its skin if it wants to work again. And now America must choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past. To build a future or obsess about the past. That's a man whose party wants you who never held slaves from a family who never held slaves to give your money to people who never were slaves 
and whose families never were slaves. Yes, there are people, African-American, black people who come from a history of slavery. There are Irish people who do. There are Chinese people who do. There are Native American people who do. But wedge issues only work when it's us versus them. They, in the first 10 seconds of that statement, the figurehead is a walking self-contradiction. He is a man speaking in a dark room on a blood red background, pretending to walk in light. He is a man who, when, 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 when quoting the Declaration of Independence, couldn't bring himself to use the phrase, our creator, so instead stumbled through saying, oh, you know the thing. But he is fighting for the soul of a nation. Yes, he is. Yes, he is on the wrong side. Yes, yes, he's fighting for your soul on behalf of the wrong side. It's a coming out speech. I am so, so proud of my friend, Alan, 12 years old, just went up for another surgery. And I don't know about you. I've had surgeries now too in, in my mid fifties, never before I had them. They are not fun. I remember coming out of my sinus surgery. <laughs> I was the biggest baby. I remember waking up from being, you know, you're not really asleep. You're just, you're inert, you're a rock. And I remember waking up and they were making me sit up and I said, oh, there's no way I'm leaving here tonight. And the nurse said, oh no, no, we'll get you out. Oh, and I told my wife, I'm not leaving. I can't even think I could, uh, and I was convinced, oh, I'm going to vomit. I, there's no, I can't. And they got me out of there. They made me eat applesauce and, you know, apple juice and things I don't eat and brought my blood sugar around. And I mean, they made it out of there, but I remember sitting in the car in the, in the parking lot after the sinus surgery. And I had this mask on my face and, and there was just this packing up inside my beak to catch the blood that was pouring out of there. And this guy walked by me and he looked in the car and he saw me in my mask and the, and this, uh, and I know he was thinking, look at that idiot. Look at the COVID idiot. And I was, I was too drugged to care. Well, I, I kind of cared. <laughs> Alan's 12. He just had spinal surgery. He's walking down the airplane ramp. Thumbs up. The Lord has given this young man such strength and such joy. Reminds me of the Apostle Paul. I know what it is to have plenty. I know what it is to have, to have none. And, and, and in, your, in your grace, I find sufficiency. Sufficiency. And he's going back to work with soap company. I love this so, so much. See, Allen's Artisan Soaps, number one, it's a soap company. If you don't like the soap, don't buy it. Just like the kid. Just pray for the kid. But try the soap. And if you have tried the soap and you liked it, honestly, why would you not get a subscription plan? Why go back to big soap and their robots and their virtue signaling and their ESGing? None of that at Allen's Artisan Soap. So if you haven't tried the new scents, Lilac Applewood, head and tails above all the others. My family's favorite. There's pure for no scent. 
Um, there are the classic scents that you know about because I say them all the time because they're my favorite. Cedarwood Jasmine is officially my favorite. And to me, nothing else competes. I do like the Applewood, but nothing else competes. Get the Herminator sub if you like the soaps, but you haven't gotten the subscription plan, just go to allenssoaps.com slash Todd. It's a six month package. Six bars of soap, a soap rack, soap pouch, and a fluff, all 10% off. Or just go to allensoaps.com slash Todd. Get 10% off everything there. allensoaps.com slash Todd. So again, taken as a pastiche, you look back across the time that we have lived together and look at the changes, and you find me the part of the Democrat Party that is opposed in ideas to, to Satanism, in tactics, the Satan one is running around having sex with everybody. Yes. Why? Because it defiles um, the, 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 the miracle that God created in allowing us to participate in the creation of life because it defiles the biblical description, prescription for what, it, what is to be sexual relations. One man, one woman in marriage. Does Satan love that stuff? Loves it dearly. Does Satan love adultery? Loves it. Why? Because it breaks up the home. Why does he like to break up the home? Because he hates humans. Why does he hate humans? Because God cared for us more than the, he cared for the angels. Because God made us in his image and put us above the angels. And that drove this angel, said to be at one time the most beautiful, drove him nuts. So he hates the family. He hates human beings. Does he love hatred? Yes. Does, does, what, what, what are the core commandments? Love God with all your heart and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. What does Satan do? He hates can he create? No. Can he imagine? No. He can scheme and he can fool and he can kill and he can steal. Tell me the parts of the Democrat Party that's not aligned to that. They started trying to walk this back eventually, did the Biden people, and it became even more bizarre. It is a liar. Joe Biden is a career liar living in a house of lies, being patrolled by liars. Biden tried to walk some of this back. We'll get to that. Because after he tried to walk it back, his so-called official Twitter account argued with him. Let's start with the media. Their response to all this, I'm sure it's very balanced. If you do believe that democracy, small d, not political democracy, but democracy is at stake, is this the type of defense that they've been wanting to hear? Absolutely, without a doubt. This is a speech Joe Biden's wanted to give for a very long time. I really thought this was a fascinating bit of presidential stagecraft and rhetoric. It, it was a very, very patriotic speech. I appreciate his hope and his, his sense of patriotism, and I couldn't agree more with what he said. He talked about a kind of coalition of those of goodwill coming together to unite to defend democracy. He almost seemed to sort of be reclaiming patriotism. He literally framed this as a battle between light and darkness. And he called on Americans to come together despite their political differences. Where he says to the heckler, that dude, that man, that person from the other side is entitled to be outraged. Totally. Republicans right now would have that heckler be beaten. Right. I think people would like to have seen a bit more references to accountability. There really wasn't much talk about what we're doing about those insurrectionists. I don't, I don't know who the, it's not all Republicans, just MAGA Republicans are for. Like, I'm sure that there are some white supremacists who will vote with white supremacists who don't think they're white supremacists. We're happy that Biden didn't call them a white supremacist, but like, it's not for me. Do you believe that this is the America that the president is hoping we are, that we're the kind of people who are willing to tell 
our mothers and fathers or our friends or our spouses who voted for Donald Trump, hey, democracy's in trouble and you need to make it change. Are we ready for that? So upon reflection, it wasn't that balanced, was it? We live in a point where a good percentage of the nation agrees that the country's in trouble or what some would call our democracy, which is in fact a republic, is in trouble. They disagree on who's causing it. Well, it's predestined. The world's going to fall apart. And it's okay. Because it's part of the plan. If your hopes are hung upon any politician, I beg you to take a knee and accept the Lord Jesus as your Messiah, your Savior, and to commit yourself to his way being your way. In that, there's hope. In that, there's light. In that, victory has been achieved. But this stuff was predestined, predescribed in some very, very vivid detail including people who would not turn to the truth, but instead seek out words that tickle their own ears and, and prophets, lying prophets, false prophets who tickled their ears. The media's ears were tickled. And again, a man standing in a dark room with a blood red background is saying, we are the ones who walk in light. The very staging, the very staging is a lie. And getting people to ignore lies is not a minor thing to these people. Cultural revolutions exist on some hinge points. One of the hinge points is getting people to accept that we lie to say things they know are lies because the lie gets us to the end goal. Such as this clown on MSNBC saying that you vote Republican, that you're a white supremacist. That is a lie so pervasive, it's almost exhausting to continue to deconstruct. The speech failed on one front that is, you know that the Democrats realized that the speech was a big mistake because you have now the figurehead walking it back. Now, understand this. I firmly, I am not trying to be hyperbolic. I am not trying to be um, insulting when I say I truly would not be shocked if Joe Biden came out and said, ah, I was not a red background. Uh, Mega liars. Uh, you know, just, uh, it's, it's, it, there's, no, there's no red background. And I truly, truly don't believe that he really knows what he reads in front of him anymore because he is robotic. He's set on grift and read. So when Peter Ducey confronts him, do you really think all Republican voters are a threat to so-called democracy? Mr. President, do you consider all Trump supporters to be a threat to the country? No, everyone, come on. You may not make that case. I don't consider any Trump supporter to be a threat to the country. I do think anyone who calls for the use of violence, bills that condemn violence, and refuses to acknowledge 
an election has to be won, insists upon changing the way in which the rules become votes. That is a threat to democracy. Democracy. Everything we stand for, everything we stand for rests on the platform of democracy. Okay, so his party, and you know this, said that Donald Trump stole the election. They said it was hacked by the Russians. Hillary Clinton to this day says she won. That man endorsed Stacey Abrams, who says she's the governor of Georgia because she didn't lose. That man's so-called vice president went to the floor of the Senate to decry how easily hacked voting machines are. There is nothing they say that's true because the truth is not with them. It's gone. There are people on the Republican side who still can occasionally speak truth. I am begging you. Please, I beg you. Please stop believing that your rescue will come from Washington, D.C. I beg you, please, please stop that. This is a long piece of scripture. It gets to the points, and I'll stop and really underline the point I see in all this. I'm not a pastor. I am not qualified to preach. This is simply my testimony. Second Corinthians verse 6. Pardon me, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. As God's, see, I'm not qualified to preach. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Discusses here the hardships of the apostle Paul. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distress, in beatings, imprisonment, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet we're not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. We've spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and open wide our hearts to you, we are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. And as if this is now we're coming to the part that was so resonant to me. Apostle Paul writes, as a fair advantage, pardon me, as a fair exchange, I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also. Do not be yoked in together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Baal? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? 
What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I live with them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. And I will be father to you and you will be my sons and daughters. A senile, career-long, grifting liar who is quite, quite, quite likely a man who very likely molested his daughter and perhaps his son who sold the office of the vice president of the United States to a meth-addled son who frequents prostitutes and takes pictures of himself naked, masturbating, holding a gun with his finger on the trigger, who takes pictures of himself naked in bed with a, a, a cousin, I understand, of his, is what the pictures show, who is there taking cocaine with him, apparently, according to the pictures, gives a speech in a darkened room with a blood red background with men holding guns behind him, Marines told to do that, ordered to do that in dark and pretends to walk in light. A man whose party tried to remove God from their platform who now says they're fighting for your soul. It's a coming out party. Just as surely as a decade ago, when I started to say, we're in a cold civil war, just as surely as eight or nine years ago, when I started to say, you do understand that they're going to spread these so-called transgender lie into everybody. You do know they want to do this to as many kids as possible. You do understand that the agenda behind the sex ed stuff popping up in the Seattle schools is to go everywhere. You do understand that they're going to spread this, this honor the criminal decry the cop thing everywhere. Man, that was just a precursor. I, years ago, if I tuned into a radio show that said, hey, this is a satanic party, I would have said, wow, I, a bit extreme for me. So as Biden tried to walk this back, people remembered, wait a minute, you're spokes liar. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, the president has been clear as he can be on that particular uh, piece when we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms. Uh, the way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights. That woman says Stacey Abram had the election stolen. That woman. She says the Georgia election was stolen. That woman believes Donald Trump stole the election. She has never called on the carpet about this because she's a liar in a house of lies. But then she was asked about, hey, what about the Marines in the background? The presence of the Marines at the speech was intended to demonstrate the deep and abiding respect uh, the president has for these services. She's reading. She's reading that. If you have deep and abiding respect, you don't have to turn to a note card to say, oh, that's right. We've got deep and abiding respect. I forgot about that. So taken as a standalone item, it's just a speech by a wicked, horrible, grifting, senile old man who does exactly what he's told to do because he's owned. 
taken as a part of the whole, it's a coming out speech. And look, I'm getting old myself. So I worry about being that old man who repeats the stories. I ever tell you about 62? Yes, grandpa. That's the year you lost your toe. I lost my toe. Yeah, you told us that one. In a snowstorm, right? It was in uh, Alaska. In Alaska. Yes, and then you, you met mom and got married. Now, shut up. I met your mother and I got married. <sighs> Folks, it, it, the night went like this. I went to watch Robin Hitchcock. Not in the Egyptians, just Robin Hitchcock, the, uh, the songwriter. He was at a record store. And he had a song out at the time called, So You Think You're In Love? Well, you probably are. Great song. I should have pulled that. He played that, that song. I was alone at the time. It is not good that man is alone. And I went walking back towards the train. Yes, I took a train. Lived in San Mateo at the time. I was going to take the train home. And stopped in a bookstore to get something new to read. And walk around the bookstore. Um, yeah, I was a pretty lonely dude. And in the back of the bookstore, there was a strikingly beautiful woman. And so being young and lonely, oh, I will go see the strikingly beautiful young woman. And so I picked up some books that I wanted to read and one that I thought made me look smart, but I didn't want to read, lie. And I went walking back. And my eyesight's... I've been nearsighted for a long time. So as I'm walking up, I could see she was strikingly beautiful. Really, really beautiful, dark black hair, beautiful eyes. Spellbinding, in fact. And then I got to where I could read the book she was signing. The Satanic Bible. And I stopped. Dead cold. And she said, hi. And I said, hello. And she smiled so sweetly. Have you ever read it? No. Well, you really should. Let's talk. No. And I left. And I went home and something bugged me. Well, a lot. But I went into my book collection and I pulled out Helter Skelter. And I, what, you know, that trial occurred in California. I mean, it was San Francisco, not, not SoCal, but I started to read and flip through pages. And then I remembered this. Now, Vincent Bugliosi is a storyteller also an attorney, and he took on grim evil. Helter Skelter, Charles Manson, was grimly evil. Remember what he was going to do. On behalf of God, he was going to start a race war. And then, in his words, Whitey would kill Blackie until everybody was gone except for Charlie and his, quote, family, who would be alive and well in Topanga Canyon, and then they would not know how to run things, and they would come to Charlie and say, now you run the world because only you know how to run things. That was Helter Skelter. So Vincent Biliosi was in the courtroom 
going over his notes, the trial was beginning and he liked to brief himself and, and read his notes in the courtroom where the trial was going to be. He was prosecuting Manson and he looked down at his watch and this watch he'd had for years suddenly stopped. It stopped. And he thought, huh? And then he felt a chill. And he turned around, turned his head all the way around. And in orange prison overalls or jail overalls, Charlie Manson stood staring at him with his grin, famous grin. And I think Bugliosi said, hello, Charlie. And Manson grinned some more and shuffled away with his feet in chains. And Bugliosi looked back at his watch and it started again. This stuff is real. And I ask you this, a party that wants to be able to kill babies at 18 months to let them die, a party that wants five-year-olds masturbating one another, a party that wants kids to hate their neighbor based upon the color of their skin, a party that wants to mutilate sexually children for profit, a party that wants to be able to inject you with whatever they want, whenever they say, no matter what you want. Why wouldn't they glorify Satan? Is there a reason? Well, it would never play in the heartland. Oh, wouldn't it? I beg you to reconsider where hope comes from because we stand in victory and we were told these days would come. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be thankful that we already know victory has been had and all we need to do is accept the free gift of salvation.